hey, welcome to Transform Pain to Power, the podcast about what it really takes to resolve pain and the simple, unconventional yet proven techniques to get you there most quickly. Listen in for high-level creative conversation to inspire you to engage with the life that you want in a body that you love. And welcome to episode 45. I'm your host, pain relief specialist and mind-body coach, Molly Jaker. Hi, how are you? So glad that you're here. So here we are a few weeks into January of 2023, and maybe still riding a little bit of the momentum that some of us have going into the new year, maybe feeling it flag a little bit as well as, you know, the day-to-day of our habits and our lives come at us (laughs) and show up for us to navigate. And I hope that wherever you're at in this moment in time, that you are still able to find within you, deep down, that knowing that no matter what comes your way, no matter what Uh, how defeated you may feel or frustrated about not getting more success than you want or better results than you want or just like a little bit of doubt that somewhere there is something deeper down, a knowing deeper down that you can connect to that is more sustaining than anything that happens in the passing moment that is sustaining through each moment that is there with you. I want to invite you to reach down to that part of yourself and see if you can, when you connect with that part of yourself, make choices from there and hold yourself in compassion from there. And from that place, I want to invite you to not give up on your desire that whatever you're striving for in your life, failure is inevitable. Lows, lulls, downfalls, despair, (laughs) that anything will ever change, totally part and parcel. That is completely inevitable. But whether or not you're able to dive deeper down and connect to that deeper knowing to move through those difficult moments and reconnect to your desire and reconnect to your commitment to following your desire, to responding to your desire with this one life that you have, why, why wouldn't you do that unless you felt defeated or doubtful? So don't let that doubt or defeat or whatever it is, if anything is starting to bubble up for you, Don't let that be the guiding principle. Find something deeper, more lasting and sustaining. And I offer you that because I needed it recently. I needed to reconnect to that deeper part of myself. I needed to source that wellspring of abundance and creativity and desire and life in me because there were some things that had come up in my life as well as just the 
what I said earlier, like the day-to-day kind of creeping back in the old habits, kind of wanting to become, and even if it's just old habits of thinking, the way that I think about myself and the way that I think about my behaviors or my actions or my day. So a little bit of both, not just actions, but also habits of thinking were threatening to creep back in and take over the day. And I was like, no, ma'am. So (laughs) just say, no, ma'am. That ain't going to happen. Not on my watch. And yes, this can happen with chronic pain issues, especially important with chronic pain. When you're trying to transform your pain and break that cycle, there are so many, many times when you are going to need to rise above that which would pull you back down. If you want my help through this process, please reach out. I would love to support you. Okay, I have an interesting episode for you today. It's an idea that I've gotten a lot of solace from and just like playful fun in my life. And I realized I should really share this with this perspective that I have with other people um, so that you can, you know, play with it too if you want to. And it's this way that I think about myself and my body. And it's emerged over time. It's evolved, I should say, over time. And I've had it for a long time, but it was really kind of came to life more concretely when I read the book, The Biology of Belief by Bruce Lipton. And I'm going to read some of the book to you today, and I'm going to share the ideas from the book that really helped to vivify my own experience of this. And it's, I, you know, I recommend the book because I think it's good and it has good stuff in it, but it's also really scientifically dense. <laughs> I wouldn't say really. I would say rather. He's trying to make scientifically uh, bio, complicated biology uh, accessible to the average reader. And he does a pretty good job, but it's still like got lots of vocab in it that if you have a brain like mine, you it's like not easy reading. <laughs> but it's good because I always want to recommend this book to people and tell them ideas about it. And in preparation for this podcast, I was like, I need to make this simple and I need to find out what the idea is clearly and how to clearly state it so that people get the gist. So the podcast preparing for this podcast has helped me to do just that. And I think you're going to find it really interesting. So first of all, the idea that I have I have this kind of relationship with my body where I feel like my body is really on my side. And it sounds kind of silly in a way because what I'm doing is like I'm separating. I'm creating a distinction between some aspect of me and my body and then also the parts that make up my body. And so it's a bit meta in that sense. And also it's a bit bonkers. (laughs) And I think some spiritual teachers like Muji, for example, I don't know if you know him or follow him. I really enjoy him and his work. And also um, 
what's the other one I really like? The other person, um, the Sadhguru. I really like him as well and what he says. And I think both of them have said at different times, like, that's insane. <laughs> to say things like, I love myself as if I were not myself. <laughs> like, I is different from myself. Of course, it's not. But here we are having a conversation and taking things apart to put them back together. So the basic perspective that I have is that my my body has this deep, wide intelligence, this wisdom that is just present without me having to be aware or uh, knowledgeable in any way. And this wisdom runs deep through time. And biologically, it is there to serve my life, the that I am alive and to keep me alive to the best of its ability. And I believe that for every single person that I work with, I come to any relationship with a client with that perspective that they have natural wisdom and intelligence, not just in their cognitive mind that we can draw out through their experience and their growing awareness, but there's also something deeper working underneath the surface that we can support. And this is the this is the key that I think is so important is that like when we recognize that uh, our body and everything that's showing up is like on our team, right? We can get on the same team of our body. I think so often when we have symptoms and pain issues, we feel this sense of our body being against us as if it was ruining our life or getting in the way and making things difficult. And when you are at war with your symptoms, when you are in battle with your body, it keeps you from listening it keeps you from leaning in. It's the same when you're fighting with somebody and the anger serves as a protective measure and staying in anger keeps you from seeing their humanity, from communicating with them in a meaningful way and understanding the nuances of all the, or the complexity of their behavior and their experience. And same with yourself. Being in anger keeps you from feeling all of what might be underneath the surface or being angry at your symptoms or frustrated and hateful towards your symptoms keeps you from leaning in and listening and getting intimate with yourself, your mind, your body, your symptoms, all the things that are showing up in your life and and are presenting or manifesting in your body. And this is something that I actually love, love, love to teach people so much, to give people the experience of feeling this in a very practical way. It's something I do often all the time in movement. I like that often all the time. (laughs) So let me give you a really simple example. But first I'll say this is what I came to understand through my training in the Feldenkrais Method. I gained so much experience and evidence of this working that, you know, there's no looking back for me now. I see it all the time and it's so amazing every single time. So here's the example. 
So a lot of people have what they think of as a slouching posture. They find their shoulders kind of rounding forward. uh, And the response to that is to often do the opposite, right? To pull your shoulders down and back, to straighten your spine, to lift your chest, this kind of thing, which seems like it makes sense. If you have something that you want to change, why not do the opposite, (laughs) So what actually works is really counterintuitive and you can try it and play with it yourself. But when you actually go with the direction that your body is already trending toward, in this case, you would gently move your your shoulders forward rather than back. Forward rather than back. And when I say move your shoulders forward, what I mean is If you're doing it by yourself and just moving on your own, you do it many multiple times, maybe three, four, five, ten times, softly, gently, slowly in the direction that you're already moving in and you round your spine, rounding your spine again, softly, gently, a number of different times. You do the movement and then you release, you do the movement and then you return to neutral And you do that multiple times and what you find is that the body starts to relax and self-organize. The body will start to relax and self-organize and part of that is finding for itself a more beneficial posture that is found from within, taking note of all of the different components, not just the idea that the person thinks they should be like in terms of their thoughts or their vision or visual of what a good posture is, but really finding a natural organization from within. And what will happen often is the tension that is pulling your shoulders, because that's usually what it is. There's tension pulling your shoulders forward that softens and the body gets the message that it can, uh, that it can let that go essentially. And you'll find that with scoliosis and any kind of movement where the body is moving in a direction that you can feel, sense, or see. If you go with the direction in your body, I do this as a practitioner when I work with people one-on-one and I do this in movement. I do it with myself. If I lie down and I feel like my head is already turning in one direction and it feels kind of crooked, rolling my head in that direction and it will soften, right? It will soften because so often what's happening in those moments is the body is tensing. It's tightening in a stress response as part of a stress response. And responding to that is relieving. But if you go against the direction of the body, that's the battle, right? That's the waging war with what is. But if you go with it, you have a completely different experience, a completely different result. Try it try it for fun. In fact, what I'll do is I'll post a video, uh, an old video that of a lesson like this that I've done in the Facebook group. So if you're not in the Facebook group, then join. There's a link in the show notes of this uh, episode. It's called From Pain to Power or is it From Pain to Empowerment? I can't remember. I've been thinking about changing the name. Anyway, I will post a video of me guiding you through a lesson that demonstrates this principle so that you can experience it in your own body. Okay, so let's dive into Bruce Lipton and his book, The Biology of Belief, and 
kind of this idea or this perspective of how your body is on your side. So here's how it occurs to me. I have this experience that I am this passenger. I am like this spirit or something in my body and I'm going along the ride of my time here on earth with all of my cells and all of the things that have glommed together (laughs) or been attracted together to comprise my body. And when I think about my body healing, like if I'm getting a cold or something, or when I think about my body gathering its resources to get me through the day or um, go to sleep or whatever, I really think about these pieces or aspects or almost like smaller bodies inside me kind of coming to work together for the same aim like all galvanizing our efforts like I'm using my conscious mind to communicate and the rest of my body that I'm communicating with all the cells that make up my immune system and my nervous system and everything else kind of get get the message and get on board I have a little visual that just occurs to me when I think about it But also it really feels like, this is going to sound bizarre perhaps, but it really feels kind of like a relationship that I'm sharing. (laughs) I'm sharing this experience on earth with all of these other like things that are having their life inside me. So let me tell you about this and it won't seem so crazy. So the main idea that Bruce Lipton offers in this book, The Biology of Belief, is the intelligence of the single cell. He talks about it in detail. And he talks about it from the perspective of when there were single-celled organisms only, right? And how eventually single cells became more of a community and began to join together and in that way they were able to kind of organize their activity so instead of having to do everything it was like okay I'll take care of this while you take care of that and hey we can do so much more as a team that's kind of the biological or the evolutionary idea behind this relationship that was formed billions of years ago um, when single cells started to become multi-cell cellular organisms and so one of the things that Bruce Lipton talks about is the what he calls the cellular cellular awareness or cellular intelligence which is pretty amazing to put cellular awareness those two words together right but let me tell you a little bit about the science and this is very like layman's terms very, very simplified. <laughs> Even if I wanted to tell you how it worked, I couldn't, but I can give you the gist that each cell has a membrane. So whereas our organizing system is the uh, nervous system, the cell's organizing system is the membrane and all of the proteins that are uh, in the membrane that kind of run from the outside to the inside 
of the cell and they cross, they create, or they live, I should say, in that membrane. And that gives them the ability to receive information in the environment to there are receptor uh, proteins and then there are effector proteins which take action. So, hey, guess what? That's a lot like your nervous system. So the receptor ones are like your ears, your eyes, your mouth, like your sensory uh, parts of yourself. And then there are then there are parts of your nervous system which are more in charge of making things happen, <laughs> of sending chemicals out into your body or hormones or creating action. And it's just like that in each individual cell. Now, here's the amazing thing and where the science kind of, it's like the edge of where the science has gone up to, where we can actually understand what's happening and why. And that is each cell seems to have an ability to make choices based on information, based on data that cell is receiving. It's able to make choices about what actions to take for the purpose of its life, for its survival, for its cellular nourishment, just in the way that you make choices when you feel a hunger sensation to go eat some food or a tired sensation to go get some sleep, right? You make those choices based on the sensations and the data that other parts of your body uh, receive. And here's something super cool, that these receptors can sense energy waves. They can sense physical things in the environment, such as hormones, like for example, a histamine in the environment or certain proteins in the environment nearby are physical, even though we can't see or touch them. They are physical to the to a cell. It's like, you know, the size of a pen or something. I don't know. I'm making that up, but they're physical. <laughs> but they can also sense, just like you can sense sound, which are waves flowing or moving through the air, moving through space, the cell can sense, uh, the receptors rather, can sense energy, waves of energy. Guess what kinds of things also create energy? Are you ready for this? Waves of energy that can be read by a machine are created by your heartbeat and by your thoughts. The workings of or the movement of your brain, of your neurons, creates an effect which is a wave that can be measured. I'm not making this up. Science can measure your brain waves, right? Science can measure the electromagnetic waves from your heart. We know that that happens. Cells in your body can pick that up and respond accordingly, intelligently to whatever data it's receiving. Now, that's what the whole book is about. The book is like, it's a long book and it's got tons of notes. It's a long book. <laughs> but I want to read to you um, 
some passage, some a couple of passages to help you give get a sense of what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay, so are you ready? Receptor antennas can also read vibrational energy fields such as light, sound, and radio frequencies. The antennas on these energy receptors vibrate like tuning forks. If an energy vibration in the environment resonates with a receptor's antenna, it will alter the protein's charge, causing the receptor to change shape. So there's a transformation in the receptor based on the data it receives, a potential transformation. He goes on to say, biological behavior can be controlled by invisible forces, including thought. So that's cool. (laughs) And here's a couple of other things that I want to share with you because they're also cool. So just the idea that at some point, these single-celled organisms that we as multi-celled organisms think of as non-intelligent beings, you know, we... Typically, the average person probably thinks of cells as just following their programming and having absolutely no choice in the matter. They're just following their programming. And the other thing that's so fascinating is that single-celled organisms at one point essentially opted to work together. You know, it's amazing that on one perspective, it can seem insane to think of a single cell as an intelligent creature. And from another perspective, it seems equally insane to not think of it as an intelligent creature, as an intelligent being. We are so reliant as humans on our visual sensory input. So it's like Roald Dahl says in the BFG, when he, speaking through the BFG, the big friendly giant says, you humans is not believe in anything if you don't see it with your own eyes. It's not that. It's like that's paraphrasing again. But basically, we need to see something in order to believe it. That's how we tend to operate. But there are other ways of seeing. And if we travel into our sensation and take time to explore other ways of sensing and being in the world, we can start to feel, sense, and recognize in real time these other possibilities that we can't see with the naked eye. So the other thing about this next quote that I'm going to share with you is to know that every cell communicates with signal molecules. And that's things like hormones, neuropeptides, um, you know, histamine, things like this. These are, from the point of view of a cell, essentially objects in space. (laughs) Seems crazy, right? Okay, here's the quote. The point is that single-celled organisms actually live in a community when they share their awareness and coordinate their behaviors through these signal molecules. So I think of those molecules as kind of the messaging system between cells and the messaging system itself is sort of the coordination of it overall in your whole body is done by your immune system. 
what? It's like amazing. Okay, one more quote to leave you with. And this one is a little bit uh, jargony, <laughs> sciency. So stick with me. You'll, you'll get it. So remember that the it's the membrane of the cell that um, Bruce Lipton talks about as the brain of the cell. It's the membrane that does the decision making for the cell in terms of what goes in and what goes out. The membrane is the organizing factor for the cell in the same way that our uh, brain and nervous system are the organizing factor in our body. Okay, ready? Cell biologists gained insight into the amazing abilities of the cell membrane by studying the most primitive organisms on this planet. The prokaryotes. Prokaryotes, which include bacteria and other microbes, consist only of a cell membrane that envelopes a droplet of soupy cytoplasm. Though prokaryotes represent life in its most primitive form, they have purpose. A bacterium does not bounce around in its world like a ball in a pinball machine. A bacterium carries out basic physiologic processes of life, like more complicated cells. A bacterium eats, digests, breathes, excretes waste matter, and even exhibits neurological processing. They can sense where there is food and propel themselves to that spot. Similarly, they can recognize toxins and predators and purposely employ escape maneuvers to save their lives. In other words, prokaryotes display intelligence. Exclamation point. Because that is amazing. So those are some of the most primitive life forms, not even as complex as the cells in your liver or your heart or any part of your body. There are bacteria in your body that are part of your making your body work. There are lots of, you are host to lots of things, right? So all of these things that are present come together in community to make you, you and your body on this planet. And in relationship to that is your spirit. And this is my perspective. This is how I kind of see the world. I don't know if this is true. I'm not offering you any dogma or any like truth here. I'm just offering you how this information that I've read about the cellular intelligence in my body has um, influenced my thinking and has enriched my thinking when I think about myself and my body and has allowed me to put uh, some trust and lend energy toward the natural wisdom in my body, the biological intelligence that is there, to have faith that there's something bigger, deeper, wiser 
then my little cognitive brain, this one part of my brain that represents a small percentage of the actual functioning of my brain can actually figure out like there's something smarter than me at play. (laughs) What? No way. I'm the smartest. Okay. Stop it. (laughs) I'm the one who's always right. Me. So I just love this way of thinking. I just love this perspective. It helps me to feel more connected to the world. It helps me to feel like I'm not alone. And it just is like wild. It's wild and miraculous and astounding. And I love living inside that sense of awe. And so I choose it. I choose to think about it in this way. And it feels good to think about it in this way. So I keep choosing it. (laughs) It has served me. So the whole point of this is not just to share with you an interesting, fascinating idea and just like how amazing life is, but also to remind you that there's something at play in your life, in your system. And to when you feel in those moments, when you feel like your body is your worst enemy or like your body is problematic and not working and not functioning well, I invite you to turn the tables, like look back on that question and pose the opposite observation. How is your body working well? Or to challenge that part of you that wants to admonish your own self or an aspect of your own self. Is it true? Is it true that your body isn't working well? Is it true that your body is your worst enemy? How is your body serving you amazingly? Sometimes when I think about the things that I eat and the amount of exercise that I don't do, I'm like, dang, my body is doing a good job. (laughs) I remember meeting someone once who was like, yeah, I never drink water. I only drink coffee. My brain was like, scramble, scramble, scramble. What? Like, no compute, no compute. <laughs> I, I thought water was essential to life. And I was like, well, there's a little bit of water in coffee, right? You know? But um, like the things, when you think about the way that we treat our body or the, or the things that we ask of ourselves to do, like, wow, uh, perhaps we would have a, a more nuanced perspective on just how much our body does for us and provides for us. So the other thing, the other little piece of that is not just to be able to see that and celebrate it and be freaking grateful, but also to allow that to play and to listen in, right? To listen in to what is present in your body to listen into that wisdom and to know that you don't always have to know the answer. You don't always have to know what to do that sometimes giving up the battle and just tuning in for the sake of tuning in is enough, is doing something that is beneficial to you. Pausing and coming into connection with yourself, with your body, that's like the most beneficial meditation on the planet. 
so good for your immune system. So in the world of do, 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 fix, 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 perfect, 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 let's see how we can hang in those moments when things don't seem so perfect by leaning on the things that are working for us already, leaning on that natural wisdom and leaning on that intelligence. And I promise you that if you start to do this, if you create a practice around this, and certainly if you just like turn your attention towards the possibility that your body is on your side and in whatever ways that that uh, manifests for you in your imagination or you go out seeking information about why this is the case um, and reading and gathering information in that way, however it evolves for you. I guarantee that if you have that perspective, that will not only change your physiology, literally, but it will change your experience of whatever shows up. And if your one companion in life is your body or and all of the, the community of cells that make up your body and all of the other organisms that are hanging out in there, <laughs> if those are your companions... Wouldn't it be nice to like be on the same team? So try that out as well and see what you think. See how it feels. You don't have to believe it. You don't have to control it and force it. Just try it on and see how it feels. And I'll see you next week. Hey, thanks for tuning in this week. So a couple of announcements right off the bat. Number one, I have two spaces left for people who want to work with me one-on-one. Two, that's it. They're filling up. So if you want one, it's yours. Come and claim it. You can email me at molly at movetonourish.com. That's move, T-O, nourish.com. Or you can click the link in the show notes to book a free consult call with me. I love these free consult calls. In fact, I just got off the phone with somebody and we had a wonderful conversation and she was like, you are the person I've been looking for. And I was like, you are the person that I've been looking for (laughs) because it really feels like that. So if you are the person that I've been looking for and I'm the person that you've been looking for, book your call and let's get on the phone and have a super inspiring and clarity conversation a clarity conversation is that what it's called like where you get clarity (laughs) where you get clarity about all the stuff and what to do about it okay so the other announcement is that for those of you who are local to me which i don't know if many of you listening are i'm going to be teaching classes live in person. I'm so excited. But if you are interested in teaching, taking classes from me online, will you please let me know? Because I would love to teach classes, movement classes is what I'm talking about, um, online as well. And eventually I will do that. But the more interest I have and I know about, the sooner I will do it. So let me know if that's something you're interested in. That's it for this week. Find me on the Instagram. Find me on the Instagram. Come on. Move to nourish.com. Move with the number two nourish.com. Oh, and leave a review on the podcast. 
send me, leave me a little note, leave a review and share it on the socials, all that good stuff. All right. Have a great week and I will see you next Wednesday. Thank you.